Welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast, supporting health professionals to realise a healthier future for Australians through connected healthcare. Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Rochford and welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of country on which we gather upon today and their continuing connection to land, sea and community. I pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. On the podcast today, we are going to be discussing electronic prescriptions and how they affect the workflow within pharmacies. We will also explore the practical steps that you can undertake to prepare yourself, your pharmacy and your customers for their implementation. On the panel with me today, I have Andrew Matthews, the Director of the Medicine Safety Program from the Australian Digital Health Agency, Andrew Robinson, a pharmacist and co-owner of pharmacies at Turunga and Waddle Park, and Amanda Sita, who is a pharmacy owner and practice support pharmacist. As you may have picked up, there are a few Andrews on the podcast today, um, but that's just to make things even more complicated. We will do our best to make sure you know who is talking during the podcast. Now, significant progress has been made towards the implementation of electronic prescription dispensing within pharmacies, and electronic prescriptions have already been dispensed in a number of electronic prescribing communities of interest, also known as COI. At least one general practice and at least one community pharmacy in a proximal location are required to form an electronic prescribing COI. There are now 13 different clinical software products that have electronic prescription prescribing or dispensing capability. The software providers responsible for these products have needed to collaborate and coordinate with other participating software providers to ensure their systems work end to end, which is why COIs have been implemented. In this podcast, we're going to explore learnings from those COIs. The tips and tricks for implementing the token model, the workflow changes required as part of implementation, patient information needs prior to implementation. So let's get things started. What practical things did you do to implement electronic prescriptions? Amanda. Thanks, Andrew. So our pharmacies were already connected to the My Health Records, so I knew that we had the software infrastructure in place. The main thing for us was upgrading our scanners so that we could scan the token QR code. These 3D scanners are a great idea even without the e-scripts as they can read the traditional ERX barcodes much faster. Uh, so one of our pharmacists knew that ERX bar barcodes were not retrieving data properly prior to joining the COI, but up until joining it, they hadn't made it a priority to do anything about it. So when the first couple of tokens came through, she got called support and got it fixed quickly. So that would actually be one of my tips for everyone listening today. Check with your team, ask them to scan every ERX and MediSecure barcode that comes through, because it's easy enough to ignore them now if they don't scan through as you have a paper script as backup, but there will be no backup if it's an e-prescription. Um, another pharmacist told me that as part of the planning process, um, he said, come up with a procedure for taking in electronic prescriptions, especially if you're not one of those pharmacies that dispense on the spot or you don't do forward dispensing. And he said, more than ever, 
uh, train up your staff and make sure that they're checking that patient details are correct, including date of birth, their Medicare card, their preferred method of receiving repeat tokens, and confirm their mobile number or email address that the token is being sent to. That's all great advice, Amanda. Andrew Robinson, um, what's it been like for you implementing electronic prescription? Thanks, Dr. Andrew. Um, look, for us, it's been similar to Amanda's experience. We were already uh, e-health enabled with the My Health Record, so we knew the infrastructure was in place and, and working. Um, we've been building the expectation with customers for a long time, talking about the coming of age of, of technology in pharmacy and medicine more generally, and that digital prescriptions were coming. We've been talking about it for quite a while now, probably a bit longer than I'd hoped, but uh, we, we're finally here. And so customers are, are starting to understand that this is now um, part of uh, an option for, for patients with their doctors uh, and their dispensing pharmacies. So I think talking to your customers uh, when they're getting the prescriptions, starting to make sure your data is up to date. Uh, as Amanda said, making sure we've got dates of birth, make sure that you've got a contact number um, and having a conversation with patients as to why you're getting this information, make sure that when they do start getting digital prescriptions, that they can quickly have it dispensed rather than spending a lot of time trying to get that information to make, make the system work. Our, our changes within the team uh, were very important, but we made sure that the staff understood that these prescriptions were going to start coming in as part of the community of interest. When patients come in, we don't want to have a, an experience for them that's confusing or none of the staff exactly know what it means or, or how it would work. So we were very conscious to have some team discussions around what a token is, what they are going to look like, how they're going to come in and what to discuss with the patients. Um, and that's been really helpful because not every time is it going to be a pharmacist that's going to see a patient when they come in with a token. We did some minor um, hardware changes. As Amanda said, we got the um, new QR code reading scanners because they are a lot easier. You can use them on people's um, phones so you don't get the um, issues with a standard scanner. You can um, pick up that, that QR code a lot easier. Um, we've also simply had a iPad that can take a image through the camera um, and add that into our workflow, which we're using the, um, the flow system. And that's been really helpful. And that's, that's a stepping stone. It may not be what we end up using uh, going forward forever, um, but certainly for the moment, until we understand how our workflow is gonna change with this, uh, we wanted to do a sort of a stepwise approach, but definitely, as Amanda said, I would be uh, encouraging pharmacies to upgrade their scanners because uh, it's going to make life a lot easier. Before we get to you, Andrew Matthews, I'd just really love to know from the pharmacists what it's been like to now start to use all this wonderful technology, like you mentioned, the iPad and scanners and QR codes um, that we're so used to using in other parts of our lives, now becoming a part of your day-to-day -day work practice. Amanda, has, has that been nice to, to finally really get to use such wonderful technology in, in how your business works? Uh, yeah, Andrew, it's actually been quite refreshing to bring the new age finally into my pharmacy and use a few more electronic devices. Um, and I actually thought that patients who presented to the pharmacy with an eScript token would be those 
um, early adopter people who knew all about e-scripts. But in reality, in the community of interest that we're in, the patients with tokens haven't actually known too much about the process. They've simply been told about tokens by their GP to present the token at the pharmacy. Um, so uh, we feel that in this early stage of the game, there are probably more prescribers than patients on board. So, um, you know, in addition to being able to use this exciting technology, we still find ourselves in the familiar place of having to educate patients on the new change in systems and what to expect from eScripts. Andrew Matthews, I'd love you to dive in here because I know you, you made a point of it in the last podcast and I think it's a really interesting one for people that might just be joining us for the first time about giving us a really nice example of, of the token technology and, and where we might have seen it in other places and, and how it works um, for, for prescribers and for patients. Yeah, thanks, Dr Andrew. Um, Many people have said, you know, why haven't electronic prescriptions been here earlier, given that so many other um, industries and uh, health opportunities have moved to electronic. Um, so we have been working on the technical framework and the legislative changes required at a Commonwealth PBS level and also at a state and territory level for a couple of years now. So there has been a lot of work that's gone into the back end. But to hear people like Amanda and Andrew say that consumers have adapted to the technology very quickly because it's simple. It has some correlations with, say, a boarding pass on a plane. You can have your boarding pass printed and there is the opportunity, if you wish, to have an electronic token printed and scanned at the pharmacy. Now, I know that sounds a little bit silly that we've got electronic prescriptions and you can print the token, but some people may prefer that as a starting opportunity to get their token as a token printed on paper. But the simplicity of it all is, uh, is really important. Um, but I want to assure people that what's going on in the back end through the software and the work that's being done to make sure that software is conformant is really solid around security and privacy. Andrew Robinson, um, how hard was it to train your staff? Have they been keen to adopt this as well? Because you made mention of how important that is in the whole workflow in, in your workplace, making sure they understand and they're willing to, to be just as part of this journey as the patients. Yeah, look, the staff have been very good at uh, adopting the, the technology. Uh, one of the requirements I asked them was to download our, our app that will eventually use the um, uh, wallet that they'll have to handle the tokens or allow them access to the active script list in time, just so they can actually understand from the patient perspective, what is it like to be starting to use these digital platforms to allow them to access their prescriptions and see what repeats they've got and all the other benefits that these digital um, media have to offer our patients, drug information and, and um, repeats, how many repeats they've got left when they're expiring, all this sort of stuff is really important. Um, and if the staff don't know how to uh, do it, if they're not using it themselves, very hard to explain to patients, especially some of our older patients. And as Amanda mentioned before, it's interesting in these communities of interest that a lot of the patients that have been um, coming across with, with tokens from their doctors uh, are older um, patients, but they're very on board with it and they're very clued into to the change and it's not bothering them at all. Um, but I think some, some uh, part of it relating to the community of interest is because they're friendly patients that are 
familiar to the doctor, familiar to the pharmacy, they're frequent flyers. Um, they've been the ones that I suppose the GPs have really been explaining, oh, go and see Andrew at his pharmacy um, if we're going to do a digital script because he'll be able to make this one happen for you. Um, but going forward, I don't see any any reason um, that patients won't adopt this very quickly. As Andrew Matthews was saying, uh, it's easy technology to adapt to. And um, the biggest issue we had for patients is where they want to store their prescription on file. They're so used to keeping it at the pharmacy uh, we obviously can't hold their phone for another month until they need it. So that's probably been our biggest issue. And occasionally in those patients that really struggle to understand that, that that token is sitting with them, we've just printed it out and then we put it on our file. And, and that then takes away all their, their anxieties around having prescription with them and it sits with us. So measure until some of these patient user interfaces are up and running. Um, but yeah, look, the staff have been great and, and really uh, supportive of the business, but supportive of the patients as well, so they can make that quick transition. Amanda, has there been any changes that you've noticed, um, other than the obvious ones, with workflow? Yes, so we've had to implement a different way of um, taking in prescriptions in our workflow. So starting at the schedules counter or the script in counter, depending on how you operate. And so we've actually implemented a different software platform that is a virtual queuing platform. And um, so that integrates with the dispense system. We can scan in the code, uh, put it into the software, how many prescriptions the patient has, whether they need any other products from the pharmacy, and then it goes into a virtual queue. At this stage, uh, there's still a few kinks in the software, so we're not fully implementing it. So our pharmacy is just writing a note and putting it in a basket, but we envisage that once the um, once e-scripts are taken up a little bit more and we're getting a lot more of those e-scripts coming through, we'll use that virtual queuing platform a lot more. And I'm actually quite excited about it because it um, you know, gives you the opportunity to SMS patients when their scripts are ready, for example, if they're waiting outside, or you give them a docket with a number on it and then they can come back and present that docket. So from a medicine safety perspective, it is another factor in ensuring that the right medication gets out to the right patient. Um, you know, they're getting the right basket. So that's probably one of our biggest changes is, is that script in flow. Um, and as Andrew Robinson mentioned, managing the patient's expectations about not receiving that paper script. And a lot of patients do get a little bit anxious about not having something tangible in their hands. So printing it out is an option for them. Um, it's an easy enough conversation to tell patients that a token is their prescription and most of the time they get it. But I love that the, um, the system is built such that we can work with the patient to what suits them best. The other change we've had is nothing to sign as well. But that's, I guess, a benefit of the pandemic. It has gotten used to patients to not signing scripts. Um, so that has helped the transition to not signing a paper script at all. I was just going to jump in on with, with there with with Amanda and just sort of comment about how different software products have uh, implemented what we're expecting from the requirements. So the requirements around the technical um, are consistent, but there is different ways that the um, software products can accommodate that. So as Amanda, Amanda suggested, um, one of the products uh, does use uh, as an integral com component around how the electronic script is in 
incorporate into the dispensing system is through a queuing platform. Nevertheless, another couple of products have actually used um, uh, where they automatically, as the token is scanned, a, a small paper docket of the token is, is printed off and incorporated into a basket uh, in the same way that paper scripts are now. So, look, I, I think that also seems somewhat unusual for the transition to electronic prescriptions. But I think what it is, is a good way of actually transitioning pharmacists from their traditional workflows uh, and progressing them to electronic prescriptions. So I can absolutely see the, the logic and the thinking behind that process. But just emphasising again, that the, the agency, the Australian Digital Health Agency, you know, we've referred to experts like Amanda and Andrew Robinson, um, and also to obviously the uh, peak bodies like the Pharmacy Guild of Australia and the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, who we've worked closely with on these key issues. What happens on the ground? How is the workflow implemented? Um, as I said, that's not our area of expertise and we consult with the experts um, to get that information about how you can manage both paper prescriptions as they will still continue on in the environment and electronic prescriptions at the same time. I think it's a really good point to make uh, is the idea that the Digital Health Agency, obviously not the experts in everything, but getting the experts in those real world hurdles. It's interesting when you're dealing with digital solutions at any point, it's not like you go from one day doing it one way to the next day doing it completely differently. It is a transition period. And it's really interesting to hear both from you, Amanda and Andrew Robinson, that the transition period will take time and that there's different ways to make the workflow become a new workflow as it as it moves towards being predominantly digital prescriptions versus nowadays where it's paper prescriptions. Andrew Matthews, for pharmacists thinking about obviously this becoming more commonplace, what are some of the resources that the agency has to help them prepare? So we uh, have now available on our website um, a, a link to a toolkit that contains 66 assets um, of both a digital nature and also those that can be printed and, uh, and uh, printed off and sent to your pharmacy. Um, but you need to get access to that through your peak body and they've been publishing that information about how you can access those resources um, through their various newsletters and uh, some information on their website. So certainly the Pharmaceutical Society currently has a electronic prescriptions phone in line uh, and they'd be very much prepared to give you that special access to be able to download those electronic tools, uh, those electronic assets or also or order for printing and delivery to your pharmacy, a range of different um, window stickers, posters, DL flyers, for example, that you can use to get your consumers ready for electronic prescriptions. Andrew Robinson, how important is it to, to make sure that the consumers are ready? I think consumers have been ready for a long time, Dr. Andrew. I think this is a natural transition with uh, most people being digitally competent. They've been using smartphones for a long time. They've been using social media for a long time. Um, as Andrew Matthews said before, you know, airline tickets um, with QR codes and scanning off your phone, these are concepts that are not foreign now. They are quite commonplace in many industries. So I think it's been, as I said before, I really think our customers um, and I know it's only a small cohort at this stage, but they have been really accepting and it hasn't 
ruffled any feathers. It hasn't caused any um, concern. The, the patients are really comfortable with it. They're comfortable with the security around it. Um, the biggest issue, as Amanda said before, is not signing something and not taking something away with them. Um, it, it's sort of because that's so ingrained in, in how we've provided the care before. But certainly there hasn't been too much um, or any pushback from, from patients being concerned about it at all. Um, having them, I suppose, aware in our pharmacy, like Andrew Matthews said, we did get some of the resources from the Digital Health Authority and we've got uh, the, the decal on the window saying we're e-health ready or e-script ready and we've got some flyers that we're giving just to patients that we know that see the doctor in the community of interest because we don't want this to become a problem where patients going to their GPs who aren't yet turned on with the, the technology um, because we're conscious of this being a, a, a testing phase, a, a development phase, a workflow, understanding the workflow phase because like Andrew Matthews touched on it before, really critical. The, the biggest change uh, in all of this is to the pharmacist and their workflow. To the patient, it's very simple. To the doctor, it seems, from my point of view, very simple. They just offer the, the patient a prescription that's either printed or a prescription that's digital. Um, the biggest change in all of this is the workflow in the pharmacy. And so what we've had to do, uh, like Amanda was saying before about the virtual queue, we're doing a virtual queue but with the physical um, equivalent. So for what I mean by that is when we take a prescription in, we'll add it into our virtual queue and then we'll put it in a basket like a normal queue and if it's an e-script we've got the good old laminator out and made some coloured sticker things and um, not me because I'm not very talented at that sort of stuff but <laughs> my, one of my very very um, good staff member has created those little tickets and we literally throw them in a basket so we know to look at that digital queue because we are still transitioning from a, um, a more traditional physical queue process um, and it's, it, I think both will probably work in harmony for quite some time yet until the token model is more broadly adopted. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's not a lot of horse and carts around anymore, but I'm sure there was a period where there were cars and horse and carts on the road at the same time. Good analogy. <laughs> Amanda, what advice would you give uh, to other pharmacies who are preparing to implement electronic prescriptions? Um, so we're lucky in a way uh, as far as preparing our patients for the journey um, because the prescribers are the, really the ones that start it for them. Um, they're the ones that are having the conversations with the patients in their consultation rooms and asking them would they like an e-script. Um, so really the advice for from me is to make sure that your pharmacy is ready. I have to echo Andrew Robinson's sentiment in that getting your staff ready is really important. Um, in my role as a practice support pharmacist for a group of pharmacies, um, it's my job to take those patients, or sorry, those pharmacists on the e-script journey and preparing them for the change. So making them aware of those fabulous resources that the agency has um, and the various stakeholder organisations have made available. Um, my biggest change management tool for my pharmacists is actually talking to them. So like Andrew Robinson did with his staff, um, having chat to them, ex um, explaining the difference and the process to them worked. I have found that talking to my pharmacists and just making the time to answer their questions about it. So if you are a leader in your pharmacy, get yourself uh, worded up on e-scripts and be prepared to spend a bit of time with your staff. And that will alleviate 
their anxieties about this change and so that they can communicate to that patient and then it has that flow-on effect. And I think as the volume of e-scripts increases, the efficiencies will improve. So we'll be better at queuing those scripts up or using the software or whatever needs to be done to, to make that process uh, more streamlined and smoother for everyone. And in time, it will become second nature for us, I think. Absolutely. I think like everything, uh, anxiety is is directly associated with the unknown. And I think you make a very good point by saying how important it is to communicate and, and get people to understand and to see how it works. Because the second you do it once, uh, anything in life, but especially something like this, uh, you know, it becomes second nature and becomes something that you become more comfortable with. And I'm sure um, you found that. Andrew, your advice uh, as another pharmacist to to other colleagues potentially getting ready for e-prescriptions? I would honestly say it's not as scary as it sounds, even though I did say before it's a, the biggest change is for pharmacists and the dispensing process, and it's certainly the biggest change we've had in work, um, workflow and work behaviour, um, probably since the addition to computerization of, of the dispensary so it is a big deal but it's actually not uh, overly difficult the the workflow will naturally change and i think amanda made the comment before that over time the efficiencies will build will get more um, patients coming in with these tokens so it becomes less ad hoc it becomes part of our workflow so i think the biggest thing is to to get prepared Make sure your e-health ready with your my health record, with patient details, with your um, technology, and it doesn't have to be a lot of money spent on technology. We just bought a couple of barcode readers. That's it, and we repurpose an old iPad um, because we don't have a PowerPoint on our scripts in counter. We have one on the scripts out counter, so we have a computer to check scripts going out but coming in. So we weren't prepared to spend a lot of money at this stage getting an electrician and setting up a new computer. We just wanted to see. So I would really encourage um, pharmacists and as a man said if you're a leader of, of a team um, talk to the staff about it get them organized think about how your individual pharmacy will handle these workflow changes because every pharmacy is different how you take scripts in and give them out where you dispense them who puts them together so these are going to be nuanced for each pharmacy uh, everyone's going to have a different solution Different softwares will have different options for you as well. So but dip your toe in, make sure you're ready with your e-health stuff, uh, and then slowly it will naturally build, and I think it won't be long before this is very commonplace. Andrew Matthews, any final advice from you to our listening pharmacist? Thanks, Dr Andrew. Um, well, what the team have been talking about, they have mentioned some um, about my health record and some of the e-health connections associated with I wanted to emphasise that you don't, need to be connected and using my health record to be able to use electronic prescriptions of course as the agency we think that my health record is absolutely fundamental to the future of digital health and the opportunities for pharmacists to be uh, much more clinically involved but what we're talking about is the healthcare identifier service that is essential for my health record is also essential for electronic prescriptions and that is all part of the security and the authentication processes required in the in the technical aspects of the software that um, software providers have built so i just wanted to emphasize the connection between the two whilst they are independent there is obviously a link between that healthcare identifier service the other things that the, when the both Andrew and Amanda have spoken about 
pharmacies, pharmacists and their staff getting ready, as well as those um, electronic and uh, downloadable assets and printable assets that are available through our toolkit. We have done, uh, well, at the time of recording this podcast, almost 100 events by the agency with almost 10,000 attendees. So there's been lots of people attending those events and many of the software providers have also done webinars. So there's uh, keep an eye out on the agency's website for the upcoming webinars that will continue to be doing those. And there is also some e-learning modules available uh, that we have done as well. And of course, keep on top of what your uh, professional body has also been offering both through the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia and the Pharmacy Guild of Australia uh, as well. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, thank you, Andrew. And thank you, Amanda. Um, it's been another wonderful podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time to discuss your experiences and your expertise when it comes to electronic prescriptions. Electronic prescriptions are an alternative to paper prescriptions. They provide people with convenient access to their medicines and will lessen the risk of infection being spread in general practice waiting rooms and at community pharmacies. Following the successful implementation of electronic prescription capability in the communities of interest, Department of Health and the agency will work with key clinical stakeholders to roll out the capability nationally. It is important, as has already been mentioned, that both prescribers and dispensers are ready. To ensure that your customers have a positive experience with electronic prescriptions and that you can implement them effectively, you need to prepare both your customers and staff for their arrival. The Australian Digital Health Agency can assist you with this through online training, webinars, and the free toolkit resources. Further training on electronic prescriptions is available online at training.digitalhealth.gov.au. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can join us again next month.